0: Welcome to Henry Winkler's Fan Cult Podcast. Glad you're here. Now it's deconversion
1: therapy. We fooled you. Man, psych. This is Karen. This is Bonnie, and what she was saying is not a joke. Apparently, somebody sent us a little TikTok video of Henry Winkler doing a dance and saying Happy New Year. Yeah. And And uh, said, share it with Bonnie. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was super cute. So Bonnie opened it. That's me. I'm talking about myself in the <laughs> third person because this was my life in the middle of the night last night. Uh I opened it up and I'm like, "Oh my goodness. Oh, remember when he was doing that dance on Happy Days? And so I looked that up on the YouTube. And you know when you can't find footage that's actual and somebody has played it on their TV and recorded it, that was <laughs> one <laughs> version. <laughs> like, wow, this is crappy quality, but um So then, of course, that led me down the black hole of Happy Days videos that pop up. And uh, I ended up watching an old talk show, a daytime talk show from 1975, probably, with all the guys and the Pointer Sisters, who were, of course, smoking cigarettes (laughs) as the other guys talked. (laughs) Right, right. I love their
0: music. I used to uh, roller skate too. He's so
1: shy. Ah, oh, those are the and you know what? days. You might get people telling you that those weren't the Pointer Sisters. Damn it! I—I I mean, I don't think they were. What? Yep. Yeah, now I'm going to look it up. You're oh, going to—you're going to hate it. <laughs> it could have been though. Let's see. All right.
0: If—if if I got it right, something happens. Yep. If you get it wrong. Oh, it is the Pointer Sisters. Oh,
1: really? Oh, it's Sister Sledge, who did We Are Family, that I always get confused with Pointer Sisters. Mm. Yeah. Bury yourself. Step back. Sure. Try it. Take it back.
0: (laughs) Speaking of celebrities.
1: Yeah. Speaking of celebrities, we are going to talk about a cult today that had more than one, more than two, at least three celebrities who we know of as members. So there were two Phoenixes. There was River Phoenix and Joaquin. Uh, they were members of this cult. It was, I guess, at that point called Children of God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and Rose McGowan, her family was part of it too, which I think, you know, for, for two different families to produce kids who turned out to be rather famous in the acting world, that's kind of fluky. Although when you hear more about it, you'll realize why. Uh, Yeah, yeah,
0: they're they're pretty gross. Um, It's a pretty gross cult, but you know we talk about that. We aren't real therapists, and if you've been with us a long time, you realize that deconversion therapy. It was sort of a tongue in cheek stab at conversion therapy, which is terrible. But the name also got us kicked out of a Reddit group <laughs> for for uh, de- Fine con- by me deconverted people <laughs> because they started messaging me saying uh, we don't allow therapists in here to degrade the people in here. I'm like, no, no, we're not therapists. See, we're a comedy. And then uh, yeah, yeah, it and evolved. you even brought
1: the analogy up of like it's like retail therapy. Do you want to call me a therapist if I go blow some money? Right.
0: Yeah, so this one is a little more traumatic, but that's all right. We will hold your hand. We're not going to say anything too terrible, but be forewarned, this has all the hallmarks of the grossest cult in the world with all the abuse that you can ever think of. Um, But we're also just going to talk about how weird... The correlation is with regular evangelicalism and definitely how these stupid ass, um, untalented, mediocre white men end up leading like (laughs) troughs of people. It's so disgusting and weird and all that. And when Bonnie and I start our cult, don't worry. It's going to be much better.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I won't have a chive in my tooth. Like, the only photo that I've seen of this guy, (laughs) I swear to God. (laughs) Really, that's the one? Um, Apparently, uh, not a lot of people knew what he looked like, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, he, like, didn't show up. But they called him,
0: yeah, old Chivy. As you know, was a no nickname.
1: <laughs> old Chivy. Oh my god. Yeah, there's some gross stuff in this cult, but I mean, there's enough also stuff that you know pertains to just growing up in church. And, and Totally. Okay, see if you agree with me on this a little bit. Growing up as kids of this boomer generation, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of this and the people who are in this cult, who are the parents, are similar to our parents' generation.
0: Exactly. And the way they raised kids
1: or didn't.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was no... um, Yeah, like kids will grow up and... That's just a fact of nature. You don't have to be near them or do anything. They're still going to grow up. That was sort of like the philosophy of our parents, where nowadays it's like, I will help them grow up. I will help, you know, right. um, I, I remember my dad would say to me, and it was very soothing, but now I see it differently. He would say children grow up despite the parents, as in no matter what happens, you know, your kids will turn into adults and be okay type thing. But now I see that very, (laughs) very differently.
1: Now I see it as you don't have to do anything. All right, Yeah, my mom takes great glee in telling me, oh, yeah, when I was, you know, raising you, it was do as I say, not as I do. And I'm like, yep. (laughs) We
0: we saw right through that. Absolutely. (laughs) But, you know, the good thing is we could grow up on TV. So let me start at the beginning with the asshole leader of this cult, David Berg, and his parents were religious kooks. So if this guy was born in... Nineteen nineteen—that's crazy. Whoa, David Berg. I think so. Yeah, that's okay. He old. Um, Well, he's dead now. So spoiler. But if he was born then, and his parents were religious kooks, Mm -hmm. I mean, being a religious kook in the nineteen twenties must have been like extremely crazy. (laughs)
1: You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I envision people generations before us just kind of toeing the line,
0: yeah, blending yeah.
1: in, right. not <laughs> ruffling the feathers.
0: More sort of, um, you know, not Southern Baptisty, but still sort of formal. But no, not this guy. So he was the youngest of three children. His dad was from Sweden, and his mom was not. But they were both mm. evangelists, and the mother was one of the first female evangelists. So, oh. I know, crazy. So, you know, he had that strong mother situation going on, and they jumped around from denomination to don- nomination, which mm-hmm. I sort of did, too, out of earnestness of, like, where will I feel more connected to God? And I think they did, too. But I think um, they were also like, where can we plug in to lead the pack? Like, we're, we're here to help others. So let me shift over here so I can find more people who want to follow me. Well, okay. And what about a paycheck? Oh, see, I hadn't even gotten there yet. I was just thinking. Oh, I just figured
1: that's why they were jumping around.
0: Yeah. But I'm thinking maybe I should have done that. Okay. You know, you were pure, I was pure of heart. No, yeah, yours was from a place of pure heart, but I think it. I, I think it's very similar, though. I think that there is like I am closer to God the higher in the church I get, or the more authority the leaders give me and responsibility, because that means I'm doing something right and all that bullshit. Um, what did they do for a paycheck? I will. I will tell
1: you. That's what I will do. This um, is David Berg's father and mother. Is that his name?
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Sorry. Okay. I will tell you what the family did. Okay. Um, so David credits his mom, Virginia, with influencing him the most. But she, here's her testimony she became a wild child, society girl, atheist in her college years. You know what that means. She went
1: to college in the
0: early 1900s. That's what I'm saying. Like she amazing. Yeah, yeah. She and was
1: a wild child. I know. Okay, living what does our wild life. Mean back then. <laughs> <laughs> she had two inches of legs showing in her bathing costume. That's right. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but then after
0: the birth of her first kid she broke her back in an accident and then spent 5 years like bedridden or in a wheelchair or whatever always hovering near death and then she eventually recovered um and then became active as a christian so later she was like yeah jesus healed me instantly mm-hmm. And there's really no proof if it just, you know, eventually happened with recovery or if it was instantaneous. But she said it was instantaneous. And the churches hmm. that they were at know like that because just like our Southern Baptists, I mean, there was no one there. I mean, people would pray for like, we pray for so-and-so and so-and-so, but there was no understanding or healing you know no like there were
1: no miracles no miracles we squash over your those. wheelchair yes
0: stay yeah. where you are um so after that happened I mean once you have a testimony like that you get to tell mm-hmm. people and they're like what are you kidding maybe she just passed a kidney stone that's right and I don't know that's I want to know. So, if she had three kids and she was bedridden for five years, did she have them other kids during that time? I want to know what was happening, but I don't, and so forth. (laughs) No, no. And next, <laughs> <laughs> but they were in some uh, church, you know, denomination called Disciples of Christ, and when she started talking about her divine healing, and they were like, "No, we don't do that," they kicked him out.
1: And so they... <laughs> I went just to love the, that. I know. Because, okay, so wait, follow the logic of like, you kick out somebody who says they have divine healing. So if Christ actually came back, they'd be like, eh, not so fast. Right. <laughs> Get know, out of here. We don't believe in miracles. Christ has revealed himself as coming back. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Slow down. It's the 1920s and we... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they went and they found another denomination, Christian and Missionary Alliance, um, right before David was born. And then they were all into, like, that missionary part of things, and they hated the whole one denomination doesn't like another denomination situation, which, you know, obviously. So they uh, started—now, Bonnie, this is going to be a shock. The parents, comes. The parents <laughs> thought, you know what? Let's just start our own thing. God has called us to our own thing. So they ended up moving. Guess where? We're, Florida? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, no, really? Yes. When you really <laughs> need just, to suffer oh, for Christ, oh. you move to Miami Beach. <laughs> oh, my God. So... So they went to Miami, but still, it's 1924. Is that when all? So it's hot. It's
1: always hot. Conditioning.
0: Well, back then, with global warming, it was still snowing. Um, yeah, yeah. But 1924. So I guess that's Mm -hmm. prohibition and that's Meyer Lansky and all the stuff that was going on. Those I don't days. know the years like that.
1: Good good for you for learning something in school. Well, I'm making all I it know, up. <laughs> all I know is when the Titanic hit, that's when Downton Abbey started. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's my reference <laughs> for the 20s. <laughs>
0: well, I just remember, and this, again, we're going to get totally wrong, um, and we don't really care, but... I think it was, there was a lot of, like, rum running and a lot of stuff out of Cuba. And my father would talk about, like, you know, because they would have places and houses in Miami, too. So, they would go back and forth from Miami. All these gangsters that did not rap, even. (laughs) They were gangsters. Oh, gotcha. Um, So... Yeah, they they moved down there, and the Mother Virginia started leading a series of large revivals at the Miami Gospel Tabernacle, somewhere you go every Sunday.
1: That's too far for me to drive. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but this I wonder is, if it's still there. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's the Miami Music Bowl now. Yeah. Joking, joking. Um, Or the Galleria. So David later in life talked about how he was physically and sexually abused by, like, babysitters and, you know, all these things when he was, like, three. So you've already—if he (laughs) understood that, like, oh, this this was not right, this was bad, I should not duplicate that later in life— he He skipped over that part of the not duplicating.
1: Um, that never happens though. It's the same with abuse and like drugs and alcohol. Yeah, I hear that all the time.
0: but at the same time, those people who are aware of it don't like start alcohol cults and make everyone drink yes. alcohol. <laughs> So there there's something where he is <laughs> cashing in on his trauma. Yeah,
1: something he's also I would cashing love in. To do. He's also cashing in on the only fucking job that he's ever been exposed to. Uh, like, oh, he's got, got some great church? jobs.
0: Listen to these. <laughs> okay. All Listen right. Listen to the So his mom at one point he tried a few other things. So he tried. Um, he tried to be a preacher and was asked to leave nearly <laughs> immediately. This was in Arizona. He was married. He had kids, but he was asked to leave for a sex scandal with like the oh secretary or something. But he said he was asked to leave because they didn't like him fighting for racial justice. Um, oh which makes him very lovely if that's it but at the same time i either could be right both could be right cuz churches mm-hmm. they did not like racial equality at that point so after he got kicked out of preaching or before don't know he went to a business administration school in california so there's your business mm. education. There's mm-hmm. the seed where it's like, I want to do something. I now know how business works. I need to make money. I don't know. So he did try and be a junior high school teacher, which... Oh, my God. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but that's perfect, especially before the, you know... <laughs> 2010 or something where we're now much more vigilant and sadly suspicious of men teaching junior high, this was, you know,
1: perfect for
0: someone like that who wanted to be near young children. Ugh.
1: I know. So just having a little bit of information about cult leaders, I think that he is probably not long for these jobs that you have to do, where you have to show up to get a paycheck. (laughs) Right,
0: right. There's, I mean, you see it now where people are like, you know, down with capitalism, I want to be an influencer. And they don't understand that that's still capitalism. But the whole, like, (laughs) I want to show up when I want to show up, and I want to talk about me, and I want to make money. That's... Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. Is that what we're doing? (laughs) Well, besides the money part, I think it is. (laughs)
1: Right. So, other thing. No. I want to shine a light on horse shit. Go ahead. No, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's what I want to do. That's what I think we're doing. Shining a light on horse shit. Oh, yeah.
0: So, the other weird thing, when he was growing up and his mother, you know, was around... Um, he used to incessantly from a young age, like I'm talking four or five, used to just masturbate, which <laughs> Chronic. I, I have heard <laughs> is not unusual. When little boys find that little thing there, they're like, what can I do with this? Much as your story of Joe Rogan, who probably <laughs> from a very young age started figured out what to do with that yeah yeah okay listen to her other episodes but so he would just do that I guess around the house I don't know but his mother would catch him and she would threaten (laughs) to cut it off which I would assume is horrifying to (laughs) to a young kid and so she caught him again when he was a teenager so what do you think the best punishment is if you think it's wrong and all that, which obviously this woman did, um, and you catch, what do I your think son, her punishment?
1: Yeah, what do I think her punishment was for him?
0: Yeah, or what would you assume would be good to do? Whatever, kick him out of the house. Yet yeah, keep his penis. Um, no, <laughs> that oh. that would be traumatic. She made him continue in front of his father to completion. Oh, what. Kind of (laughs) how can you possibly
1: finish?
0: (laughs) There you go. Bonnie, this is (laughs) this is the crux right there. Oh my god. So remember that incident because that (sighs) informs everything. Okay. I think about like what is it? There's there's like some cultures or sex s e c T S. Where you have someone in the room with you on your wedding night just oh, to make yes. sure things are complete. Like all of that. Yes. Leads yeah. to a weird underground fetish of danger. That's all I'm
1: saying. And I'm pretty sure monkeys do it whenever they feel like it.
0: I would assume. <laughs> I have not been to the zoo in a while.
1: Monkeys in the wild. (laughs) Not just in the zoo. (laughs) So, um,
0: can you imagine how much more in the wild? Okay, so... (laughs) You know, he, he was generally a masturbating loser. He ended up being his mother's chauffeur for, like, 10 years and her assistant, and he would, like, lead music. So already he has this weird bond or unbond with his mother, um, and he's already got these demented things. But then we have The Perfect Storm, which we've talked about with these cults. It's the 60s and 70s. All these people, the youths, have turned into (laughs) idiots across the country. Um, And they're like, again, much like today, down with the man, except instead of being influencers, they are buying vans. And they are, oh, wait, they're doing that now, too, but... Like VWs. They were dropping dropping out. They were dropouts back then. They were the whole. From society. Yeah. So it makes it that much more attractive for people who started then doing their own cults. You have Charles Manson, you have L. Ron Hubbard, who started doing Scientology stuff because they're like, Look at all these people looking for meaning in their life. I will give them meaning, and I will also open a bank account. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So all I picture is just all these dropouts and disenfranchised people and these mediocre men with big brooms just sweeping them into their own little camps of whatever.
1: Yeah. And it's funny how we always in church talked about the lost people as people who, you know, didn't know where they're going. And Jesus is the way to the light. Mm -hmm. So there's a big thing about being lost. Right, right. And, of course,
0: we would have thought these people were definitely lost. But the whole thing about if you see people who are like that, tell them about God because they know. They know that vulnerable people are perfect for all this. So do not be misled that that's the reason AA meetings are in church basements. Churches know to allow vulnerable people to come on their campus and feel comfortable. So Sunday comes around, and you're feeling that strain for a drink or a a shoot-up session. And then (laughs) you're like, I'm going to go to my comfort place. There you go.
1: And when they say, come on our campus, did he take that literally with his masturbation problem? You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) David must,
0: there? you could just blacklight everywhere he went, and that's (laughs) an issue. All right. So they were really into the music thing, which you love. You love when a church or a cult is like,
1: let's add singing and a lot of it. So, yeah, can you imagine the style of music that they would have to, like, pump into their services? Like, bad 20s and 30s music. Yeah. This is
0: after that, though, in the 60s and 70s. So you had a lot of, like, the, um, the TV show Zoom. You had a lot of that kind of singing with kids lining up and... Being like, Oh, I was thinking Jesus of his mom. Christ. Yeah, no, I don't even, I don't understand what kind of music. If they were doing the Charleston, wow. Well, oh, right. Really? <laughs> Back when hymns were like a year old. <laughs> 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 hey, this new hymn came out. They Do you know how many times they must have sang Go Tell It on the Mountain? I bet <sighs> that one. Our church would do that. Our minister music loved it because it was the jazziest tune we could get away with it's so (laughs) sad so david started this thing which i actually heard of later called teen challenge and it's where you get kids to play in bands uh they would attract people they'd preach on the streets i mean it was it was you know an attractive group of young teens And maybe a little older who would jump around in sundresses singing about Jesus. And in the 60s and 70s, that wasn't uncommon. And they would also go around, like, in restaurants and talk to different tables of people. And, I mean, it was a free-for-all back then.
1: Well, I also think of the reality of it. Like, okay, I'm 19, Not everybody goes to college back then. Not everybody goes to college now, but at least now it's a little bit more a part of, you know, a lot of people's journey. But at 19, back then, you're like thrown out into the world. Okay, where do you live? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, hey, all these people are getting together and they've got a big house and they're talking about Jesus. I'll talk about Jesus for a place to live. Yeah, and they're like, I'm
0: spiritual. I like this love situation. Yeah. Um, it makes total sense because, yeah, it's not like people are out there saying we have a cult and what you see now is going to get really bad. That's not how it is in the least. So these kids, uh, they were out there. They were doing videos. I mean, you can find videos of even the young kids. um, And they were pretty organized. It was some tight music. So David Berg, along with his wife and his kids, they decided to found an organization called Teens for Christ in Huntington Beach, California. I love how cults are attracted To nice-looking places, which, again, when we do our cult, (laughs) you want it to be in the mountains. I want it to be, you know, somewhere tropical,
1: (laughs) but we'll figure it out. Well, I always think that criminals deep down know that they're criminals and might have to go on the lam. So they're going to go somewhere where the weather's good in case they have to live on the streets or in their car. Ah. Or escape by boat. You yeah, just leave the country on a body of water. Right. <laughs> Florida. Sure. <laughs> That's why,
0: yeah, Florida. So well in California they got resistance from the local churches because what? they were not bags. <laughs> um, and that could have been because his group started picketing the regular local churches. That's wise. I know. So he's like, you know what? Let's take our group of 40 and go on the road. You were right. When they went on the road, they ended up just camping in parks. (laughs) And that's when a reporter first called them the children of God, because maybe they're called the children of God. And then later they're called the family and the family international and the family of love and all that shit, because... Name-changing is a great way to sort of uh, fix your image.
1: Yeah, but doesn't it remind you of, like, when a TV show changes? Like, oh, here's Valerie, and it's Valerie Harper and Jason Bateman, and then she leaves, and it's like, oh, we're going to call it Valerie's family. Or um, well, it's. Our old church, which was yeah. first Baptist and blah,
0: blah, and now it's family church, but they're still Southern Baptists, but they're going to that whole, yeah, we're a family bullshit.
1: Yeah. And um, like, remember the Ellen DeGeneres show called Ellen started out as these friends of mine. So to me, it really? just seems like like retooling something for some kind of prayer that you're going to remain viable. Yeah, right. And relevant.
0: Yep. And, you know, make it sound a lot kinder. If people started hearing, stay away from that children of God cult. Yeah, you should. (laughs) Luckily, we are the family. We are not the children of God one. But I just keep thinking, okay, people know that I ended up in a missionary organization called YWAM Youth with a Mission And what I loved about it is the communal aspect. Like, I loved living. Now, they are based in Hawaii, yet another tough place to set up shop. Right. But (laughs) they're based there. And I just loved, you know, being social all the time, getting to know people. And the same thing that this cult did where... You know, yeah, you live here, but everyone has a task to keep this shit going. So I'd be in the kitchen or I'd be, you know, wherever, cleaning toilets. And you didn't mind because you felt you were doing something for the greater good and you were having Everyone fun. was contributing. It was a team. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love that now if I didn't dislike people so much. I worry... Preach it. (laughs) I don't know how we're going to do our own communal thing because I get annoyed at people very easily these days. Well, I have an idea.
1: What? It's radical, but I realize so many of my radical ideas have come to fruition that I should have capitalized on them back in the day. But like grown-up housing that mm-hmm. is kind of along the idea of what dorms were. Yes. You know, you've got a place where you can sleep, you've got your little desk, so you've got your quiet place, but then you've got common areas as well. Right. You know, yes, yes. There's a nice living room. There's a big room where you can watch TV with a big screen and other people. There's a study room. There's a computer room. Who wouldn't want that? I I agree. Like, we
0: stayed in this sort of bed and breakfast thing that we didn't realize was also a cult when right. we went to, well, I guess it was Colorado and they had, you know, the spend and Breakfast, but it had so many different rooms that you could just, you could hide in yeah. one and never see anyone. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you so could go and have a
1: real job. Anyway, that's This is my, a great
0: time to say <laughs> We have a sponsorship program. Go to DeconversionTherapyPodcast.com <laughs> if you'd like to help us build this future cult. Um, so, yeah, the communal part, it sounds good, like you said, especially if people were like, I want meaning. I, I left my family to protest Vietnam. They got mad. They're such, you know, prudes. I lived in a bus. Uh, I need something more steady, and living in a commune was somehow more steady. And at the beginning, they were just like a church. Like, they were all about Jesus, and they were all about love, and everything seemed really well, uh, seemed really good. But then they started to morph into things that David thought he could get away with. Now... Before it got really creepy was the time that the phoenixes were in it. So I think they were in it for about 10 years, but it was before the gross stuff happened.
1: Uh, Yeah, they were on the cusp. And I can tell you more about that whenever you're ready. I am ready because if
0: people didn't grow up with River Phoenix... They sure grew
1: up with Joaquin Phoenix.
0: Exactly. Which was, that was a big, um, came out of nowhere to me. I was like, who this guy? But River Phoenix was just this beautiful actor, you know? Yeah, just when he was all a over. kid.
1: Yeah, when River was a kid, he you're, you'll probably remember him from um, Stand By Me. And he was so, so good in that. He was like
0: an adult yeah. actor in a little body.
1: Yeah, um, and we'll find out why in a little bit. Um, so if you don't know about River Phoenix, it's because when he was 23 in 1993, he died. He overdosed on drugs outside of Johnny Depp's club called the Viper Room on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. And this I didn't even know till today, or maybe I didn't have forgotten it, but Joaquin was with him yeah. when it happened, and he was only 19, and his little sister was there, too. And to have that be something that is stuck in your brain that you've seen, that's that's just traumatic as shit. Yep. And he that's had... That's big T. Right.
0: And he had his... He was with his girlfriend at the time. She was there. And I think recently she had said, like, we didn't even know he'd taken drugs that night. We... You know, that's what
1: she said, um, which is strange because what I read, some guy was saying, yeah, here was the thing. We would we would smoke crack and then or like put cocaine directly into our veins and then take heroin to like come down. And so uh, something about he drank a spiked drink that night knowingly. And he said to somebody, hey, I think I'm ODing. I'm like, how scary is that? To, like, know it and say it to somebody. Anyway, um, so that's, yeah, so that's what we were dealing with when we were, um, like, just a tiny bit older than he was in 1993.
0: Yeah, the girlfriend that was with him, Samantha Mathis, you barely ever hear about her, but she had dated Christian Slater. And so she then was in a relationship with John Leguizamo. And... When she was dating John Leguizamo, she started doing the film with River Phoenix and oh, okay. ended up leaving him for River. And then she said that that just totally screwed her up. But she also dated Christian Bale and a lot of other famous people. But I would just have stopped at Christian Bale if I were her. Um, <laughs> I remember that when we were like, "Oh, who is this actor named River Phoenix? That's such a weird name," and then you find out like the rest of his family is named like Liberty and Butterfly and Elbow and all this stuff. (laughs) It was rain. Like (laughs) Joaquin's name was really Leaf. So, oh yeah, that yeah. I think I picture the parents like. She's rolling around naked and pregnant in the forest. And, you know, it's like, I see a river and delivers one kid. I'm (laughs) on leaves. I mean, she was, they
1: were very crunchy. Well, they were hippies, his parents. And uh, the parent's last name was actually Bottom. Bottom. Okay, I change so it. I get it. They, I get it. <laughs> when they were in the cult, that was their last name. So it could have um, been Riverbottom. That's not it. <laughs> um, yeah, but his middle name is Jude. I think after Hey Jude. That's right. Anyhow, um, so so the Bottoms, uh, John Bottom was the patriarch, the dad. He was designated the cult's archbishop of Venezuela wow. and the Caribbean. So, so yeah, they lived over there for a while, um, and they were missionaries. So, of course, get this, and I don't know how they were committed to this. The children of God, they didn't pay their missionaries. So <laughs> it said that their family was never very well off. I'm like, that's saying it lightly. So when the family followed the cult across the U.S. and South America, they were they were making the children go out and sing on the street corners for loose change. Wow! Yeah, like okay. Anytime anybody makes the kids perform for their, you know, to bring home the go earn money. Yeah, yeah. That's just such the Hollywood mentality. Like, oh, here's a little pile of talent. Go on out there, honey. Um, right. Ugh. That's where it started. They became
0: comfortable in front of audiences. And I think that's when he said he learned to play guitar because later River Phoenix's last movie, it was about him being a musician, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, that's... that continues in this cult where they send people out and say, hey, go make some money.
1: Yeah, and if he didn't bring home enough change that day, the family wasn't going to eat, which is just crappy. Yeah, to put that on the kids. Yeah, to put that on the kids. Okay, so they've got the five kids. They're in the cult, and then they decide they're going to leave the cult because they have— told members of the cult, or I guess the ladies, that you are now to go out and as a means of getting people roped into the cult, have sex with people. Yeah. And tell them what they called it. Tell Um, them what they called it. Flirty fishing. Well, that's what led them to get out of the cult. So they ordered the women in the cult to have sex with men, to bring people to the cult. And then his parents decided, or I guess his mom decided, nope, that's it. We're going. And of course, you know, what I'm thinking is, well, she's like, I've had five children. I'm done working. You're not going to force me out there to have a job.
0: With this the sex to vagina bring people
1: in. is closed down. It's, me, for it's my children who should be working. <laughs> Get out there. <laughs> I have my priorities. So they escaped on a boat really? from Venezuela. And guess where they came? Los Angeles. Miami. Oh. <laughs> well, so okay. So great. Florida gets another notch on the old bedpost of shame. <laughs> Here we go. And one of the things that River said, this is just tragic, but River at one point said that he lost his virginity when he was like four to somebody in the cult. And at one point, Joaquin said, oh, he was just messing around with the press and saying that. So I don't know. But, you know, it's not completely implausible. Right. Given all that we've heard about this cult. Well, I know
0: that uh, the Phoenixes talked about how they were barely educated, and that seemed to be the M.O. again, because not only is everything going haywire, but David Berg is like, guess what? The end of the world is coming. You don't even need to be that educated. You just need to commit to this and they would do you know the singing things that I've been involved in too where you're singing and you're thinking about heaven or going to be with Jesus and it's a euphoric thing like it can be scary yeah. in your day-to-day life but you're you're held on by that glue of those times where you feel euphoric and joined together with everyone else so the kids none of them ever got above a sixth-grade education because there was no need for that shit. And they were also— And that was probably
1: just what they absorbed.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there were really strict rules. So they even have videos of all the rules. But first, let's back up. They did not have the rule of the family should stay intact— So at the beginning, like, you weren't even supposed to hold hands with other people. And it then, the pendulum really swang the other way, um, where they started telling people who they should be married to, even if they didn't love them. And then they started having really strict rules where it was, you know, your kids are communal. You don't have to raise them. If they end up Hmm. in a house with 40 other people that aren't blood relatives, doesn't matter. So, like, none of these kids had attachment to their actual parents. And that's why they also made the rules really strict so that parents didn't really have to discipline other kids. I mean, they did, but they had, like, a, a set of rules to make everything easier from... You know, these are your tasks every day to how many pieces of toilet tissue you could use. So it was really detailed. And they also started telling the kids, you can't have fun. So kids were very adult-like almost instantly. They couldn't joke around with each other because of the Bible verse about if you're seen as foolish— that's bad, and, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child. So even if you're laughing or having fun, you can get terribly disciplined by people who aren't your parents. So people who are willing to whack you much harder than you deserve. Not only all these rules, but then it starts getting super crazy, super terrible, and turning into one of the worst cults as far as terribly damaging um, in the future. And that's the future you will have to wait for in part two. (laughs) But there's more stars and there's sex and there's grossness. But until then, you can find us on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram and our private Facebook group where you answer two questions and get in there. And then also, We really appreciate sponsors. You can go to deconversiontherapypodcast.com, sponsor us for the price of a caramel latte every month, and then join us for our live Zoom meetings where Bonnie is revealed. Like a magic (gasps) trick.
1: And I would call them parties. I would call them (laughs) celebrations. Yeah. I would would call them connection opportunities because you guys are so fun to talk to and get to know.
0: I would call it um, sneaky indoctrination, but that's just what you and I will call it. But, yeah, get in touch with us, and please rate and review. That really helps us this year. We want to grow even more and reach out to more people who are in need of a little, you know, a little respite, a little fun, and a little cult behavior. So we'll see for part two. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.